0: Hey, sweet friends. My name is Chef Schomburg. I started my baking business with a bottle of DiSarono and one Bundt cake pan. Fast forward to today from news to magazines, speaking on national stages and more, I can truly say that baking has changed my life. So now as a bakery business coach, I get to help others have the same success. I've helped hundreds of my students across the world in my global membership program create six-figure businesses, mainly from home. The Bacon for Business podcast is an extension of that, from actionable tips to valuable tools and resources that can impact you as a business owner. I truly believe, y'all, we would never have been given a gift if we couldn't profit and prosper from it. So come on, darling. What are you waiting for? Hey, baking friends, and welcome back to the Baking for Business podcast. I'm so excited today because we get to talk to a really special guest. If you are unfamiliar with Prep Your Kitchen, then you must live on a rock or some weird Uh, planet, but I'm pretty sure like most of you guys listening, you probably bake one of his recipes in your home bakery right now, or you definitely follow him on YouTube. His recipes and his cooking are so amazing. More than anything, I think his style is so awesome too, but his book Is one of my favorites, and I'm pretty sure you guys have it also. So today we actually get to speak with him. So, welcome to the Bacon for Business podcast. Mr. John, how are you doing today?
1: I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk about some delicious things.
0: (laughs) Yay. Awesome. So, one of the cool things is like before you were a YouTuber and blogger, you started out teaching, which I think is really amazing. So, can you share with us just a little bit about your background as a teacher?
1: Yeah, you know, I actually come from a line of teachers like so many of us. So my mom was a teacher. She taught elementary school and she loved it. She actually, to be like, make a long story short, she ran away from home uh, because she's from Mexico and her dad wouldn't let her go to school. So she just created a new life for herself as, as a teenager. And, you know, eventually she took the long path, but she went to night school to get her GED. She got her, Uh, bachelor's and her master's and her doctoral degree in education. And she worked uh, with really high need students until she retired. And she was like, she's my teacher inspiration. So I kind of followed in her footsteps. And I taught middle school math and science. And I really loved the subject. Um, Sometimes I really wish that I could just go back in time and have a kitchen in my classroom. Because as you know, There are so many practical lessons in math and science and just in life when you're in the kitchen baking. It comes from everything from budgeting to like fractions and chemical reactions. It's all happening in the kitchen. So I wish I could just go back and like have that space, but I didn't. And I still loved it. When my husband and I decided that we wanted to have kids, I knew that I really wanted to be at home and teachers have a lot of vacation time, but it's very scheduled. You can't just like come to work late because, you know, your kid's having a rough day. So he encouraged me to follow my other passion, which was food. And really, I think of this more as a pivot than anything else. I pivoted over to teaching people about making delicious things at home. So I'm still a teacher at heart. It's just uh, the subjects have changed slightly.
0: Absolutely. And definitely still a teacher at heart because you teach us so much with uh, techniques and just having fun and more than anything, just really enjoying your time in the kitchen. Uh, before you actually did make the pivot around, how long did you teach for? And what's subject? project?
1: Just over 10 years. And I taught grades five, six, seven, and eight for math and science. And I also did um, some work in an educational therapy office where I worked one-on-one with students after school, because as you know, teachers have many jobs just yeah. that <laughs>
0: Oh, totally. And so where would you say your love for the baking and cooking growing up? What was it like in the household and where did that passion come from?
1: You know, again, I have to bring my mom into this because uh, she grew up in that small village in Mexico and they made everything from scratch. Like When I went to go visit as a child, there was one telephone and that was at the local bank in the entire village. So it was... It was a different time, but it's also a very, like, it's a it's a different way of life. So yeah. she came here. She found all these cultures in Los Angeles, and she loved, like, she loved Julia Child more than anything, like so many of us. Mm-hmm. And she, like, loved French, learning about French cuisine and Greek cuisine and Indonesian cuisine and, like, Russian, design, like, everything. She was, like, absorbing it like a sponge because she loves learning. And she would kind of have these adventures in the kitchen and... I think of her as someone who explored the world through cookbooks. So she would get a cookbook, try these new cuisines out, try new flavor combinations and make them her own and do mishmashes and really let um, the baking come to life. So I got to be her little sous chef in the kitchen, helping her, helping her clean, helping her chop, helping her put things together. And, you know, she always glows. When I'm in the kitchen with her or her grandkids are, and I feel the same way cooking with my kids, it's a special time where you put your devices aside, the TV's not on really, and you're just kind of in the moment, touching things, it's very tactile, and you're learning these hands-on lessons that are so special. So all credit to mom, she really inspired me to love food.
0: Oh my gosh, that is so amazing. I love that. And your love for food really shows up because like you stated, you definitely pivoted. So you have this love for food that's tucked away in your heart um, and you're teaching, but you do decide to pivot and you have a supportive spouse who suggested. And so you go to YouTube and now I did do some digging a little bit, (laughs) but your very first, it's crazy because we see you now as this celebrity, you know, you've been on so many different talk shows and you have this amazing book. And every time I think Preppy Kitchen, you know that the pattern shirts comes to mind. However, your very first YouTube, you weren't on camera. So were (laughs) you always like this bubbly or do you remember your first video that you uploaded?
1: This is how I, like, I'm a, my husband will tell you I'm a horrible actor. So it's like, what you, <laughs> what you get, like, I can't, I can't fake it. Uh, but for the history, I really started off on like the visual platform. So like Facebook and Instagram where I was putting videos up and they were really short, just kind of like fun videos. They were not, no voiceovers or anything, just music. And I was just parking them on YouTube because I was uploading them I would You have the images for links if I wanted to use them or whatever. It was almost as personal. I wasn't expecting anyone to look at the channel. <laughs> so it was like my little video bank that I had put online. Uh, but I got these comments from people asking for more details. And I knew as a teacher that not everyone can just read directions. Like if you tried to tell me where to go verbally, you'd have me for one full sentence with me at maximum concentration. I can follow you verbally for a sentence. And it's like a word soup, I'm lost. I'm gonna just, you know, be in the desert somewhere. I won't find my way. So some people need to see things happening and really want to have like a full step-by-step how-to. And I said, well, I have this YouTube channel. Why don't I actually like, try filming videos? And um I had never been on camera before. <laughs> it, I was just in my kitchen like by myself, but I was still like terrified of the camera. So you know, I wasn't one of those people who's naturally good on film. At least I don't think so. Um, it took a while for me to like just kind of loosen up and just pretend the camera is like a friend you're talking to, which is what I do now. I just pretend it's like a friend or someone hanging out with me in the kitchen and just make eye contact with the camera like you're talking to a person every once in a while.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what did that process look like? in the beginning, because I'm pretty sure now, you know, you have cameras and everything is kind of on a large scale, but to the person who is a baker or an aspiring baker, or one day wants to have an amazing cookbook like yourself, take us back to what did that process look like? Was it just you and a phone or did you ever have an assistant? I think I used or-
1: my uh, my DSLR camera I shot the uh-huh. blog with, and it also shot video. So I used that. And I'm pretty sure I just got like went on Amazon and got like a reasonable uh, cordless microphone, like mm-hmm. the lav attachment, and then for the close-ups, I'm pretty sure I was using like a phone, just like set up on a tripod, Um, and then I would edit the videos, and that was horrible because <laughs> I'm like not a video editor at all. Yeah. So that's like it's like a, a pain point. I think now there's like cameras are so much better on your phone. So you could really just use your phone camera and like, you're going to have a 4k beautiful crystal clear image.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and then the their mics are cheaper and better. And there's editing software that's actually a lot easier too. and it, there's a ton of editors that you can get from all over the place. So you can edit your footage. So it's a little bit easier, I think now.
0: Yeah. But, but it, it, it's also amazing because it goes to show like, like we said, you started with just a phone, now flash forward all the way to this amazing New York Times bestselling book. So sometimes a lot of people are afraid, in all honesty, to just get started. Did you ever struggle with anything like, well, there's no need for a preppy kitchen? You know, there's a Yolanda Gamp or Ina Garner. You know, did did those thoughts ever come to mind or was the confidence just always there?
1: I would say the confidence was there, but it was something that I thought was important because, I did have a blog and people were asking for more information. I thought, you know what? It'll be great if I could just give everyone a step-by-step step because if there's, a, if there's one thing I can do, it's ramble on and on and on. So some it. of those things could be kind of informative.
0: Yeah.
1: And it was just, honestly, back then, I didn't know how bad I was, to be honest. <laughs> so no. I think you look at the very first video, like the very first YouTube video,
0: it was like, a cake. It was you decorating. It was a cake. A cake. But
1: it, the first one of me on camera was like, I think making a f- eggnog. And it's like, I love eggnog. So I want to show people how to make like a proper old fashioned eggnog with like, you know, the whipped egg whites and everything. It's like so much better than what you get at the store.
0: Yeah,
1: um, And so much boozier too.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it makes it all the better. Um, but I was not like, I was not great. I think <laughs> I just like, I just knew that I had to start and start from someplace and get going. And I'm someone who believes in practice and just kind of like setting an assignment for yourself. So one thing I see from people when they some people ask, like, what advice for people who are starting off or thinking about changing things up and maybe starting a YouTube channel or putting things up on any platform. And it's kind of to set an assignment for yourself. Think of this as an assignment, not as like a hobby or not as something where, you're going to be getting some kind of an instant gratification from it because I put videos up for a while and they would have like very, very, very few views. Like my chart was just like a flat line, little little bumps every once in a while, but it was low, like very low views for a long time. And I was okay with that because like, I didn't expect any kind of like, like, why would anyone find me? Why would anyone, like why would it grow? I just knew that like some people wanted this information and I kind of like, thought it'd be fun to do this and like practice it out. But a lot of people think that there's like the hope of like, just like an instant, like, yeah, we're going to get it. And it's going to have like a spike and go viral. And then you're kind of rolling from there. And for some, it has happened for some people, but if you're trying, if you're starting out, I would just say, don't expect like the viral hits or sustained progress, just think of it as an assignment for yourself you're doing something that you really want to do, that you're passionate about and come rain or shine, just make sure that you're doing what you said you were going to do at the beginning. So if that's one video a week, if that's one video a month, if it's one video a day, I don't know, then, then just do that consistently.
0: I, I I love that because you're so true. Oftentimes we want to give up when we don't see the results. And yeah. that's what we assume because everybody is like, people don't understand delayed gratification versus one in the microwave results all the time.
1: And like, you might think you did an amazing video and maybe it is, but like you got to keep doing those amazing videos. (laughs) So it's that sustained action will create growth and um, just be forewarned. It's not, not necessarily going to be a smooth, easy journey.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your honesty. And so that's amazing words of advice. So from YouTube, then the blog, because the blog in itself is, like I said, you can definitely un- see that you're a teacher. It's, it's very detailed. I know there's SEO, but honestly, the pictures you show, the recipes and like just everything is really. So how was it managing YouTube and the blog or did one come before the other?
1: The blog came first. And like with youtube i had no idea what i was doing but i feel like over time i've gotten better i've gotten more feedback i know that like some people are visual learners so i love having visual steps so you can see like the key things that are happening and the recipe is kind of just like simplified so you can skim through it and then like I try to answer questions and give tips and just make life like you know, you tell people what they need to buy what's for ingredients you need any special equipment so everyone's prepared i call it preppy kitchen really because it's about being prepared i had so many students when i was a teacher who and it's heartbreaking because like kids are like these beautiful little like you know rays of light they should Uh be hopeful and optimistic and they just felt beaten down at such a young age like they couldn't do it like you know what mr cannell like i just i'm really not good at math i'm not good at science it's like my sister is or my friend is or my parents are but like I can't do it. I tried. And it's like, I'm failing. And you're like, Oh my God, <laughs> you can do it. Yeah. You just have to work some things out. It's so like a lot of times that was like giving, like like you take the knowledge and you break it down into smaller pieces and you let them build up into greater and greater successes until they're on grade level and they're doing what they need to do. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I can do this. It maybe doesn't come completely naturally to me. Like some genius <laughs> that I heard about but I can do this with some work and application. And when I come to class prepared, I'm going to succeed. And when I pivoted over, there's so many people who think, and I know, you know, people like this too, they're like, you know what? I am the best at barbecuing, but I cannot bake. Baking is a science or I can bake, but like, I don't want to deal with any of the cooking stuff is it's not for me. Or like, I can just use my credit card and pay for food. I don't <laughs> know Anything else about it, it'll be a disaster. And like to all those people I'll like, say, no, You can do it. Just know what you need to do, have the right materials, have the right ingredients. And if you've like read a recipe and the recipe is a good one, you should be able to follow the steps and not only make something delicious, but have fun in the kitchen. Yeah. And I am not a perfect person. Like I make mistakes all the time. I was making a recipe from the book for my YouTube channel. It's a white cheddar, rosemary dinner rolls, and they are like buttery, like almost a brioche filled with cheese and those fresh herbs and there's delicious. But I was just autopiloting off of my like normal dinner roll recipe, which is like the plain one that I do for dinners a lot of time. And I just dumped all the flour in at some point. And I was like, wait a second, I wasn't supposed to do that. (laughs) The flour was supposed to go in batches, alternating like this. So I just like scooped all the flour out of the bowl and like put it back into the bowl. I was like, listen, this is fine. Mistakes happen. We're just going to, now we're going to add it in batches. And like, I make muffins all the time, even like off camera with my kids and like everything's going fine. Uh, and at the very last moment, I was like, gosh, this consistency looks a little weird. And I might take a secret, secret taste. And I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot to put the sugar in the muffin.
0: Oh man.
1: But the nice thing is like, you can just mix it in just quickly where <laughs> your baking uh, agents react too much. And then like, I've scooped batter out of cup papers, put it back in the bowl, mixed in the ingredient and popped <laughs> it in. And people aren't going to know. And like, if that happens to me on camera, like I made a Swiss roll and I was like, oh, this is the perfect Swiss roll. And I was showboating and it fell off of the cooling rack.
0: Oh, snap. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it really cracked badly. <laughs> so, I was like, and now I have to do it over again but it was, it's like, I will leave those moments in because it's like, everyone makes mistakes in the kitchen. Even if you're prepared, it's not going to be perfect. And the same goes with you run a business. Like, are you going to make every single step correctly? No, but you keep going. So it's not about having like that perfect sequence of events It's about doing your best self-correcting when you can, and then kind of like forgiving yourself and enjoying the moments.
0: And and you're you're so right about that. And those are such great nuggets from just being prepared to being consistent. And I love the reality of it, like you said, that it's not going to take off. And a lot of our listeners are bakers who are business owners. And so thank you so much uh, for sharing that. I do appreciate it. And so uh, through all your bloopers, because the bloopers, you actually turned into a video too. I I'm think we totally
1: collect them and we put them up on around New Year's. This is a fun video.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love the bloopers too, and and it's uh it's nice. Did you ever through all the YouTube recording and the blog? I feel though for me, there's something different about you. Almost like you have a personal uh, brand. which what you do? So did you ever think your personal brand would be as big as it is? Like with the T-shirts, the glasses.
1: Well, I, I've never I know sold- it's
0: probably you and it wasn't planned, but where did the love I've the-
1: never sold any merch. The only the only <laughs> physical thing I have is the book. But honestly, like, I went on the book tour and my husband and I are like, gosh, what if nobody comes on this book tour? Like, what if no one buys this book? It'll be so like embarrassing. Uh-huh. But, like I'm on my farm. Like I'm basically in my kitchen and my the trips I take are to take my kids to school. I'm gonna go pick them up after this interview. And um to go to the grocery store. Like that's like 98% of my outside of the house activity. So, you know, I get the pleasure of interacting with people online and comments and that's wonderful, but I never see anybody. Like I live in a really small town and we just know each other anyways, because there's so few people. <laughs> it's like, yeah. so the idea that other people people who I don't know would know who I am still like boggles my mind. Like i went on the book tour and had a wonderful reception got to meet so many amazing people. And, um, I honestly couldn't believe it because I was like, Oh my gosh, you, you make my recipes too. It was, it was really nice.
0: That's amazing. And so where did the inspiration for the book come? When did you decide, okay, YouTube's great. A blog's great, but I really want something tangible.
1: You know, I always like, dreamed the impossible dream of having a book. I never thought it would happen, to be honest, because it's like books are huge. Like that's,
0: yeah.
1: it's a big deal. It's am- I, I grew up in a household where my mom had a library of books and they had like some of them came from my grandmother and my grandmother's like script in there and all the yellowed articles from oh. clippings that got put in there and notes about you know, like when this was made, and my mom on the book tour, she came to LA visit, and she reminded me that whenever she makes a recipe, she always puts the date in the book. So she has a little record of like every single like celebration or moment, um, that that recipe was used in. And I love that these books can be just these like archives of amazing things that have happened. To answer your question, though, since I'm rambling once again, <laughs> that. I wanted to, t- to make a book when I had, I felt like a compelling story. Like I didn't want to be just like another blogger who's putting out another cookbook. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just wanted to have like a special reason because my recipes are available for free online. Like you can just go to the com and there's like hundreds and hundreds of recipes to choose from. So like if I'm already giving you recipes away for free, I wanted to do a little bit something more than just more recipes. And for me, that came when we moved from LA to Connecticut and I kind of immersed myself in the seasons. And, you know, I knew I lived around and knew that the seasons were huge and I had felt the seasons, but when you live someplace like Northwest Connecticut, where it is, we're going to have seven inches of snow tomorrow. There's still snow on the ground now. And, you know, in the winter, I'm cozy. I'm in the house. I want those rich foods. I want things bubbling away on my stove and the house is filled with warm, wonderful scents. But in the summer, when my vegetable garden is in full force, I want to be barbecuing. I want to be grilling and picnicking. I want to have all those light, bright flavors that are only available for a very short period, like all the stone fruit. Oh my gosh, it's so amazing. My kids were actually talking about it at dinner. Like, remember peaches? (laughs) And I was like... I was like, yes, that's something to look forward to in the summer. So kind of this realization was the impetus for me to create a book that was organized by the seasons, really celebrating every like vibe of the season where, you know, you have the appropriate recipes, the kind of food you want to eat. And I also included some fun, fun projects in there too, just because, you know, like, if you have any friends with kitchen gardens, you know, they are t- giving you tomatoes. They're like, here, please, I can't eat yeah. them all. Uh, But you wish you had those in the winter, didn't you? (laughs) So I wanted to include like some quick pickling recipes so you can have these little jewels hanging out in your pantry and like remember the season that was and the season that's to come or pressing wildflowers that are edible for shortbread cookies and making wreaths in the winter. Fun things that are related to food and really celebrate the season.
0: I love that, and and you actually led into my next uh, question, which was well, you already answered it, but your book is organized by the seasons, yeah, um, which which I love. So, can you tell me about the the shortbread cookies, the little backstory? Yeah, my, you still grow those?
1: My brother and I used to love picking flowers, and my dad had a, my dad was a history buff, so he had so many books. I can't even tell you like thousands of history books. And my brother and I would like pick the flowers, hide them in a book and press them. And like, we'd find them later. My dad would and like, we didn't use any of the papers to protect us. So the book would be stained and everything else. <laughs> and we had these beautiful flowers yeah. and we moved to Connecticut and my son Lachlan was like kind of running around these wildflowers and picking these little tiny bouquets. And it reminded me of um, that moment. So I wanted to create a recipe and a project where you could kind of capture the essence of summer and enjoy it any time of the year. So by pressing edible flowers and you can buy edible flowers at your grocery store. If you don't have a wildflower field nearby, mm-hmm. uh, violas are like the best ones. Cause they're like, little miniature pansies,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you could just press them really easily. And then you make this wonderful orange flavored shortbread cookie. And you just kind of paint, use icing to paint the flower on top. And you do that after baking, by the way, because it just does not work if you bake them. I tried so many different ways, yeah. uh, and then they last forever. Like they'll, you can store them for as long as you need a cookie. But you can have these pressed wildflowers waiting, and make this any time of year, and have like a wonderful, like kind of glimpse into summer and remember uh, all the fun stuff you did.
0: I love that. So the book is out and it is amazing. And like we mentioned with the seasons, what is one thing from the book that you're enjoying right now in this season?
1: Oh gosh, it's winter. So it's a lot of like really delicious, yummy, scrummy, rich food. I am a sucker for cinnamon rolls and I have these orange pecan cinnamon rolls with like an orange flavored cream cheese icing, which I know you're going to (laughs) like. in the book and they are just like a dream come true like so pillowy soft and buttery and just melt in your mouth amazing
0: that is so awesome i'm definitely gonna make them and i will definitely be sure to tag you because i have the book as well and i love not just the recipes but the projects but more than anything the stories which brought me to a a really good question i know a lot of people who listen own businesses and i'm always telling people you know your story is something that that separates you from mm. other people, and we all have a story. We all have something to share. Was that one of the driving forces for you wanting to do the uh, to do the book? I wanted.
1: I thought of the book as like a luxurious moment because when I have a blog recipe, one thing I try to be is really respectful of people's time because you are busy. You only have a few minutes, probably to like. You're looking for a recipe. You're probably at the grocery store thinking like, gosh, what ingredients do I need? And you want to get to it right away. So I always was trying to be really concise, as informative as possible and not share all the stuff that I might want to tell you about a recipe (laughs) uh, and why I love it. So that's like for another day. And the book let me do that. So I could talk about like more of my relationship to the food. I could share a lot of the things that happen here on Hedgehill Farm and show you like the kitchen garden and like a lot of the planning that goes in, the beehives we have, everything else. And it was just like kind of luxurious to be able to have the space to tell a story because on the other formats, even YouTube, I try to really just kind of keep to the lesson. Like what am I trying to teach you and not hold you there and like kind of like make you waste minutes of your life with just filler content or things that don't help you make the recipe great.
0: Well, I I love that. And yeah, because some blogs you uh, visit, you know, there's like a 20 page story. So I do love the detail. <laughs> and I love
1: that too, but I just know that so many people are busy and I can't be the person who takes a few minutes from your day away and you can't make the recipe now.
0: <laughs> yes, so true. So thank you. So the book Preppy Kitchen Recipes for Seasonal Dishes and Simple Pleasures is out now. And you mentioned the book tour do you think you'll ever do another book tour? or Do you have any other fun projects coming up with the book?
1: I would love to have more uh, dates added to that. So as they become available, I'll totally be stop- making some stops. And there's like so many cities I didn't get to go to. I did I think nine or 10 cities in two weeks, which was a lot. It was like all across the country, but there's so many more places to go. So I would uh, I would love to, especially at some of my local bookstores, because I always try to like, if I'm in the area, like come and sign books at uh, at bookstores. But uh, yes, there will be more of it.
0: Awesome. I love that. And and also love to hear you supporting uh, local bookstore owners as well. And so out of the book, for all the bakers that are listening, I know I can't wait to make the cinnamon buns, but what is the first recipe baking-wise that you would recommend we try out of the book?
1: Oh, gosh, you're making me like choose my children over here.
0: Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
1: you know what? Go with I can't say no to the flan. I made that a lot recently. And it's it's like a you know, flan is so easy. It's a wonderful creamy caramel with a wonderful custard with the caramel base, but I added candied kumquats to it. Mm-hmm. And it has the candied kumquat vanilla syrup mixed into the flan. So it's if, we're in kumquat season right now. So if you see them at your store, grab some. They're like little tiny sweet and sour jewels and make that recipe.
0: Okay, awesome. So we're definitely going to make it. And that sounds super yummy. But besides the book overall, for anyone who's uh, new, who's thinking about, you know, taking a pivot like you did from teaching to YouTube to author, overall, what advice would you have for anyone that wants to pivot also?
1: I would say kind of like have one, have a plan, but two, get started. So you've got to just like take that first step and then keep walking. So the the peril comes in like things not going according to plan or as well as you'd hope. And you stop to like regroup when you really need to just keep going because every failure is going to be a lesson to learn.
0: Oh, I love that. That is so amazing. Well, before I let you go, we have lightning round to play. Are you ready, John? I am ready. Awesome sauce. What is your favorite color? Blue. Cool beans. And what is a dessert you can't live without?
1: Eclairs. Oh my gosh. Eclairs all day and all night.
0: (laughs) Ooh. And well, Usually we always ask, what is your favorite book? But for everyone listening, we're going to recommend that you go out and obviously that you buy the Prep Your Kitchen book. Please do. So, and there'll be a link in the show notes to that as well. And you guys can visit the website, Prep Your Kitchen also. So we'll skip that one. But Sean, what is your favorite kitchen utensil?
1: Oh my gosh. You know, I love a dough whisk right now. So, like a Danish dough whisk, so easy to clean. It can really work a batter and um, it's a worthwhile investment.
0: All right. And the last question John, do you have a celebrity crush?
1: Okay. I kind of do. Like, I'm from Los Angeles. So, I've seen so many, like, there's fe- celebrity, famous people all around. But one day in New York, I saw Ina and Jeffrey holding hands, walking in the park. And I, I was like, ah, it's real. <laughs> Together. I like, Lost my little mind.
0: <laughs> that is so That's my
1: baker crush.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. She she is such a sweetheart. That
1: I didn't cool. bother them, by the way. I just like from afar, I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs>
0: Starstruck. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Your book, Preppy Kitchen Recipes for Seasonal Dishes and Simple Pleasures, is out now. And once again, you guys, click the link in the show notes, and we have his web- website that will take you straight to it, and you can get all the information from the bottom of my little Southern heart. John, thank you so much for stopping by the podcast.
1: Well, thank you for having me. This has been so fun, and I hope we get to talk again soon.
0: Awesome sauce. Thank you. All right, you guys. So how amazing was Preppy Kitchen? But now I have a question for you. Are you prepared to do what it takes to see your dream come to fruition? You know, it doesn't matter if you have a baking business, a baking blog, like John, maybe you want to be a baking YouTube star. What I love about what he stated was that it does take consistency. He also said that sustained action is a must. And I think that's so important because too often we want to give up when we try something and it doesn't yield the result that we were looking for. We're just so ready to throw on the towel. And like John said, you know, he started off with just a cell phone and just himself. It's easy to flash forward now. Preppy Kitchen has been featured on Drew Barrymore, Good Morning America, Kelly Clarkson, Ellen, uh, Disney's Bake Off, and the list goes on and on. But I hope you got the sense of humbleness and kindness and honestly just a loving kick in the pants to follow your journey. Take the pivot if you need to because you never know where it will lead and just follow your dreams so that you can be prepared to follow your passion as well, no matter what comes your way. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and all the items that John recommended for us to bake and try are available in his book, Preppy Kitchen, Recipes for Seasonal Dishes and Simple Pleasures. If you're ready to get your hands on the book, be sure to click the link in the show notes, which will take you directly to the Preppy Kitchen site. That way you can fall in love with the blog, order the book and support him as well. And if you loved hearing his story as well as his amazing motivation and inspiration, then by all means, please screenshot as you're listening to this episode. Uh, Be sure to tag John and just let him know how much you appreciate it at Preppy Kitchen as well as at Baking for Business. And all of his information is below in the show notes as well. And we also have some extra goodies for you there also thank you so much for listening. I hope this really encouraged you more than anything to be prepared for your journey so you can follow your passion. Take care. Bye for now.